This is the Comedy Kiosk, podcast by Monday and Munoz. Please welcome Monday and Munoz. Welcome to the Comedy Kiosk, a podcast in which we discuss news, opinions and ideas about comedy. I'm David Munoz. And I'm Igor Monday. And I sound like I'm from a radio show. Yes, hello and welcome. <laughs> Today we're giving uh, two tickets for the global... Trotters, what are they called? Globetrotters. Oh, the Globetrotters, yeah, yeah, globe yeah, yeah. yeah. Harlem Globetrotters. Harlem, yeah, Harlem go- Globetrotters, because, yeah, it's not good. It's not the Globetrotters unless it's from Harlem. But we are not in Harlem. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to discuss Igor's rest of his list. So your list was originally how many? Eight things you learned? Ten. Ten? Ten. Why would someone, make a, why would someone make a list of Let's make it 15, things? people. Let's make it 15. Let's uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I had some time to think during the break since the last episode, and now it's 46 things I've learned <laughs> doing stand-up. Part two is now going to be divided into parts 3.4, 4.5, and 5.7. Pay attention, because 46 more episodes are coming <laughs> on this same topic. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Okay, so we, we left it on the last five. In the part one, we did the first five things I've learned during comedy, and we're going to do the remaining Okay, can we do a quick five. rehash of the first five? Like what each one was in, in short. Yeah, title. so the, the first five were, first, and yeah, just let me remind everyone, if you haven't listened to that episode, listen to it first, I would say, and also mm. the part one, not necessarily, but just so you kind of understand. I'll flip it and reverse it, as Missy Elliott would say, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what a what an obscure 2002 reference I know. of like hardcore R&B fans, or, yes. or uh, what was it called? Uh, Top of the Pops. Top of the Pops. Kind of, <laughs> kind of list. Yeah, so basically... After doing stand-up for seven years, I decided to compile a list of things I've learned during this time performing and organizing stand-up here in Moscow in Russia, but I think it might be useful and interesting for people in other cities or countries as well that are trying to do stand-up either in their own language or in a foreign language like we are doing it here. In the previous episode, we went through the first five and those were, number one, if you want it, make it happen, which Mm. said like, go out take things in your own hands, find Make your, your own, own destiny. Sh- yeah. Find your own shows, organize shows, fight for the spots, like do it. You want to do it. Right. Yep. Second one was use your opportunities, perform, make connections and get exposure. So basically, you know, be mingle. active. Yeah. Mingle, shake hands, be active, ask for spots, ask for some kind of chances to perform, to tour, to organize something, whatever. Third one was know your value, set your own conditions. And it was about, Work getting that every opportunity and every chance, but on your own terms. Mm, so not being exploited. Yeah, exactly. You're not letting yourself or the the rest of your colleagues in the scene being exploited either. Mm. Uh, fourth one was don't work with cunts. It's yeah. not worth it. Yeah, which basically S- said surround you know, yourself with positive people, people that you like working with, that you enjoy, and that aren't going to bring you down or or bring the scene down or things like that. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, uh, okay. you know. Fool me once kind of principle. And number five said, always be your own biggest critic. Be honest with yourself and be humble. Mm. So, you know, evaluate, watch yourself, be reasonable, you know, listen to any constructive criticism that people might have and keep working on your act. Uh, Try to look at it from an objective point of view. Yeah, there are no goats. There are many goats. No, they're not. Are they? Would you say there are? A lot of goats. I don't know. Would you say goat is a just you could there can be more than one goat? Because really, I mean, the whole point of goat is that what is it, the greatest of all time? 
I, I, I hate anyone. It's the same thing as when any anyone basically says their country is the greatest or the best. I just feel like going, you haven't traveled then. You haven't been out or you have really limited experience of what things or you're only looking at one or two criteria. It's bullshit. Basically, it's bullshit. Nuts. Thing that it does not exist. There is no greatest of all time. Not to go into there fear no of thing. language too much, but I think when people say the best, they don't mean. I know. You know, which if is someone would say this depressing. is this is the best coffee in the cheaper. world, they don't mean it's literally. They tried every cup of coffee, and this is the best one. You know, I think people use the word. No, what they're saying is based on their opinion. It's the greatest coffee that they've tried, or well, that's what they're trying to say. No, but in not. my case, they I'm can- like, if you can make that statement, like for example, like you know, you have those stores, like you know, we make the best hot dogs. You know, in New York, for example, I remember Tim Minchin, um, the comedic uh, musician sort of thing, slash musician, slash well, actor and everything. But he had in one of his comedy specials, he did the whole thing where he made fun of the fact that in this burger joint, I'm like, wow, that's really presumptuous to be able to say we make the best hot dog. I can't remember what food it was. It might have been hot dog or something else. But the point is, like, he was saying, how can you say that? Like, it's how do you know? Have you gone out, like you said, and tried every single other hot dog? No, you haven't. But the point is people are saying it based on their opinion. But what I'm saying is that your opinion then is very limited because you are just basing it on your experience. And if you think that you have a sufficient experience to declare that, that's a bit much. I don't know. I feel like this episode quickly turned into, what do you think? What's the best? Yeah. And then who's yeah. the goat? There uh, are no goats. That's my point. There are no goats. There are no goats, people. Yeah. If you if you live somewhere in like Scotland and on your daily route to work, you see a, a herd of herd of sheep or goats or whatever they, they don't exist it's all in your head oh the sheep goats, do, not the goats. oh just okay the yeah. sheep exist people yeah. but goats don't all right so let's go further through the list here the remaining five and discuss them and uh, hear what you think i'll explain how i came to this one why mm-hmm. i decided to include it and so on okay all right so number six says help others and ask for help it's a little like fluffy one i decided to include you know like a mm-hmm. little cute cute kind rule let's mm-hmm. say or thing i've learned okay it's not rules you don't have to ob- obey like by these things i've written but like uh, i think it's you know be ready to be a part of the community and share your knowledge share your experience share whatever you learned context you have and stuff but also don't be afraid to ask for the same help back i don't know like uh funny little piece of trivia a shout out to one of our comedians here in moscow matthew from mm-hmm. france oh, yeah. who after listening to our last episode where i said if you want something go out and do it right that was the first one he decided to start a french open mic here oh, in moscow i saw like i actually added i liked it on, on instagram i started following his thing and i saw that yeah francophone blah, blah blah it was written in french and i had no idea so i liked it and then i was like oh he's doing it in french i was like good for him yeah excellent i think it's excellent that uh, people are proactive and they're doing what oh. they want to do and he just messaged me and asked for some advice and how to set up the sound and stuff so i'm saying like if you know that someone can help you, can give the right advice, maybe some contact, maybe some mm-hmm. equipment, maybe anything, anything that someone can help you with, just feel free to ask. You yeah. know, I think, and again, help others when they ask. I think no matter what kind of scene or market you are on, is it like competitive or cooperative or, or whatever, I still think the fundamental part of stand-up is the community. Because I would say that all comedians in the world I've ever met are kind of the same. You know, like they have those some kind of... Yeah, (laughs) they have some qualities that, you know, bind us all together. So I would say like, you know, help thy neighbor as you want thy neighbor helped upon thyself. I don't know, I've never, I've never Bibled, but... uh, (laughs) 
but it sounds like something that uh, what's what's. <laughs> I, like, I like using that as a verb. I've never bibled before, so yeah. Yeah. forgive me. Um, first time bibling. First, uh, <laughs> first time bibler. Um, <laughs> first time bibler. Uh, long time fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it feels like something that the guy from the Bible said. Was what's the guy's name? <laughs> yeah. um, Bob. S Simon. Uh, Simon. Wasn't it John? Actually, no, it's a bunch of people because it's Matthew, Luke, John, a whole bunch of people in the Bible who talk and say shit. Yeah, it's our it's our whole comedy scene here. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole comedy scene. Matthew, <laughs> Ivan, uh, Andre, Oleg, the Oleg. book of Oleg. Yeah, there was there is a book of Oleg, definitely. Oh, yeah. Genesis. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah, so I don't know. It's pretty simple and it's pretty straightforward. What do you think about this one? Like through your own experience, is it something that you would recommend doing? Well, yeah, actually, I I, I would. I, I think it's right, really good to get, especially some feedback from some people. I remember, for example, one of our comedians, um, uh, Abed. He he would ask me for for critiques. He would, you know, I would watch his show, and then after, later on, I would say, okay, this part was strong or this part wasn't. And I know that he he does it now with Kirill and things like that. Like the two of them give each other a lot of feedback, and you can tell it's helped them both really develop. Um, and especially I've seen like you know a lot of growth in Kirill, and, and especially his like you know his style and things like that. And his material, and you can see this back and forth works. You know, it, it's about helping each other, as you said. That that's really great to see. Also, I think you know, as I say, charity makes you um, makes you feel more positive or better. I think um, is, is that also from the Bible? Because um, I have it, it might be part of Bibling, uh, or maybe not. I'm not sure. But the thing is that yeah, so. The idea is it helps with your self-esteem. It helps with your thing when you help someone else. And they say also the other thing is to teach is the best way to learn. And I think that's very true. As a teacher, I have actually learned a lot of what I teach by teaching it at the moment. Like you you kind of, you learn, you, the book says, say this, do this. And then you, when you're explaining something in your own words, you all of a sudden it clicks. And it's happened to me in the classroom. It's happened to me outside the classroom when I've been planning. And I think the same thing happens when you're telling someone about comedy, you know, when you're giving advice on, oh, it works better this and that. Maybe you should try this. Maybe you should try, you know, a different voice. And then you realize, oh, I can use that. In my bit, yeah. I can do the exact same thing. And I think that's that's really valuable. So I, I agree. I, I think helping others, even if for a selfish motive, as in to help yourself become better, then do it. But also it is good. It is nice when you see people helping each other and you help someone else and you can see them develop or grow or take something on board and it works. I would say that uh, I agree with this thing about teaching and also kind of giving some feedback or even criticism. Uh, mm. To other people, I think you learn how to accept it better yourself. Yeah. As you know, kind of, if you come to someone and say, well, listen, that joke didn't work like three times, five times in a row, but this is why, or what if you do this? Then next time someone comes to you and you're like, hmm, maybe I should listen to this person because yeah. someone has also noted, I have noticed someone's mistake, someone has noticed mine. You are more kind of open to this, let's say, idea exchange and, and mm. advice and this kind of stuff. So yeah, in, in any case, I think there is nothing to lose by helping others and there is nothing mm. to lose by asking for help. And exactly, just gonna, because remember, you are not a goat. You are not a goat and you are not alone. Mm. If you feel you are alone, dial 0800. <laughs> that's, that's just David's phone. Husky voice. You can, you can email us at the comedy kiosk at <laughs> Gmail and we're going to talk to you to save your life. Number seven, shall right. we move on? Number seven says, take a break, see the bigger picture. Ooh, okay. What do you mean by that? Uh, by that, I mean- Quit? Are you telling people to quit? No, I'm not. That, that would be quit, go do something else, <laughs> which I think is also good advice I've learned. But uh, here I'm trying to say the stuff 
I've learned if you want to keep doing comedy. Right. I think from time to time you need to take a break. I think doing it, especially doing it intensively, like mm. every day or a few times a week and sometimes running from shows to show, from a show to show, sometimes just hanging too much with comedians and you kind yeah. of just become, okay, I'll just go around roast everyone. Then you come to a family dinner and you're like, what's, what, what's up with this turkey, mom? You suck. You know, like you kind of, you get into this mindset of like everything is a joke and stuff. Sometimes you get too tired you just burn yeah. yourself out with that and you kind of have no motivation or or interest or inspiration to write new stuff to perform the same stuff and so on take yeah. a break i don't think it's a problem if you don't perform for a week for a month even and so on make it kind of let it be the thing you miss yeah because then you're going to come back and you're going to be way more motivated and interested mm. interested to actually do it well and to impress yourself and others mm. and so on and i think it helps with seeing the bigger picture when you kind of take a step back mm. and when you're not actively in every show even just sit in the audience from time to time come to a show even your local show with your friends or colleagues peers whatever but don't perform yeah. don't host don't perform don't anything don't engage just sit there and observe yeah i think it's also a good way to see how the audience sees this show how the audience sees like the person that meets them at the door the host uh, being 10 minutes late with the show the waiters the food service the sound is it too loud when you sit in the front row is it too quiet when you sit in the back row is yeah. it too dark is it you know you just kind of mm -hmm. let yourself have a different perspective different points of view so i would say from time to time it has happened to me and people have come to me saying you know what i don't think i want to do comedy anymore mm -hmm. or at least for a while you know for yeah. like a week a month some period of time and i think that's perfectly fine yeah both cases if you don't want to do it at all i mean mm. step down but if you want to take a break and and you know take a look at it from a different perspective have some rest yeah. have some time to do some other stuff you know like you, your private life or whatever yeah corporate life, whatever you have going on. I think sometimes it's the best way to go because you can't go like head forward through a wall sometimes, yeah. but if you take a step back, you can jump across that wall. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's, I think that's also from the Bible. Yeah, I think it was the part where where um, John jumps over Exodus or something. Yeah, it's, it's the the book of construction. Oh, yeah, wasn't it like you know Moses jumped over the Red Sea or something? And, yeah, yeah, that's he was like, if you can't go through the Red Sea, just take a step back and like jump. run run up to it. Yeah, and get jump. a run up. Get yeah, a run yeah. up. <laughs> that's what he said. I think God told him he was like, dude, take take a run up. Just go back a little bit and go go back closer to Cairo, closer to Cairo, closer. Okay, now run. Climb the pyramid. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have a bit higher ground. Yeah. And ramp. jump. You use the ramp. <laughs> use it like a ramp. And Speed jump. Up. Um, okay. So, yeah. No, I um, I absolutely agree. As you know, like I've never really – I've never managed to, to be able to do this as a – three times a week sort of thing. Like I've never done it more. I think twice a week is the max I've managed to do it really. Uh, and even then it wasn't being consecutive. Like it might be a period of a month where all of a sudden I do two, 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 two. And then there's a while I don't do it. I've never been the most consistent. But in a way, this harkens back to a previous episode of quality over quantity or quantity over quality. You know, it's it's that thing of sometimes taking that break, one lets you recharge your batteries, which sometimes is very well needed. Because like you say, you get so involved in the scene that you can't see the forest from the trees. Like you mm -hmm. just can't see all the pieces that make up. You're just almost on on just instinct. You're just running on it, which is great. And sometimes some things can come out of that, which are wonderful. But then if you don't stop and analyze it, 
then you're just not going to be able to repeat it. It's going to be very instinctive, which is great in some ways. It's good, but in other ways it's not because then you can't pull it out of the hat when you need it. It's just when the mood is right, yeah. which is what happens a lot with comedians. You know, we end up in this sort of like, oh, tonight was a great set. I did this. Oh, yeah, I went into that. And I, went, I improved like really into different bits and smoothly transitioned. Great. Can you do it again tomorrow? Probably not because I don't know what elements exactly made that. But a real professional is someone who's analyzed the hell out of that, maybe taken that step back and gone, hmm, yeah, okay, so it was that, 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 that. So I need to put myself in this situation and that will lead me here. But if this doesn't work, then I need to alter, you know, alter it a bit. Anyway, so there's that. I would uh, say it also, I would say it helps you just miss it a bit and be more passionate oh, that's right. about absence, it. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's the other saying I was going to use the, as well. The classic New Testament yeah. Uh, yeah. line right there. Yeah, basically, that's why Jesus disappeared afterwards. For 33 years. 30, yeah. Well, no, well, yeah, that and, and, and the crucifixion. That's pretty much he's like, when he was leaving, he was going towards heaven. He's like, like you're going to miss me. But I'll be back. But I'll be back. And then he starts to return. Why? And it gets, the religion got bigger and bigger. Why? Because we're still, the more he, the longer he's gone, the more we miss him and the more we want him back. And in, the, in the business, we call that a comedic pause. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or an abusive relationship, really. I mean, Jesus, what are you doing? Come on. Uh, so, anyway. The point is that, uh, yeah, it's sometimes it, it has happened. And I think for me, like my biggest break that I ever took was when I went and lived in Madrid and I didn't do any stand-up during that period of time. And my then girlfriend noticed that I talked about doing stand-up a lot and again and again and again until one day she got fed up and went, oh, really? You're a comedian, are you? Because I've never seen it and just paused right there while looking at me dead in the eye like, really, that's a lot of talk, but no action. Is what she was saying. And I was like, okay. Basically, I was like, oh, shut up. But um, the thing was that when, when I agreed to come back to Moscow then for you know our relationship to continue, one of my things was like, okay, I want to do this more seriously. I want to do this more often. Because, um, yeah, I, I needed to do it that way. And I really did miss it. And I really, you know, I got into it with a lot of more passion. And I noticed sometimes the passion ebbs and flows. So I, I agree. You need to take those breaks and to recharge your battery, see it from outside. And a good point you said was to keep going to the comedy shows, like not all the time, maybe not as often, but like do go to a couple and go as an audience member. And I think one mistake that we make, and, and it's part of everyone, like we do it to ourselves, but also um, when you guys see people like with comedians, we always put the comedians at the back. Even if they're not performing, we tell them, go to the back. Because it's like, well, and, and I get the idea of like, you don't want them in the front row because I've heard the jokes a million times. They're not going to laugh. So they're going to be sitting there with that dead face. But I think sometimes that's not quite right. Okay, don't put them in the front row, but put them in the second or third row if they're not coming for the show. And I think we need to experience it directly, 100% as an audience member. We need to be able to, to like you said, know that when the show is like 10 minutes late, like sit there kind of going, oh, come on, get the show fucking started. And then, you know, we're like, Oh, so that's what it feels like when we, you know, um and ah about something or, you know, really get more emotional. Because I think a lot of times we sit and we put ourselves even in the back because we want to talk to the other comedians and, you know, we want to chill and be like, oh, we're in the VIP section. But it's like, no, you're doing yourself a disservice. Really get to feel it. And the moments that I have done that when I have really just enjoyed it as an audience, oh, it's so, there's less stress because you're not worried about your bit, your set or anything. 
and you just enjoy it completely relaxed and yeah it's really good yeah it can honestly it can be a different show mm. basically when you're watching it as an audience member and even the jokes you've heard a hundred times you are now seeing as an audience member and you're like oh wait i never kind of paid attention to this tag or whatever because yeah. i was preparing for my set next or something yeah, like yeah. this but i've also went not only here in moscow to our shows but to some other shows as an audience member like i remember one show in berlin i just went to see a show yeah. just some other comics performing and again you can kind of see so much when you're not you know just in the green room green room preparing your five or ten or whatever yeah. but you're actually just sitting there seeing every comic seeing the host how he handles yeah. the, the i don't know the audience the heckling the introduction of comics mm. whatever 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 so i think because i presume if you're doing stand-up you love stand-up you want to see stand-up yeah. so go and see stand-up sometimes yeah. as well you know don't always come to a show and be like hey did someone back out did someone get sick and i maybe get my five or whatever you know uh, work for those spots like you know try hustle, hustle. <laughs> exactly but sometimes also just sit back relax take a break and watch a mm. show exactly all right number eight is Ooh. number eight is a big one and i think it's a mistake that people make usually mm -hmm. in the early days okay. but i think it's something that you should actually take seriously and you should take let's say you should incorporate into your attitude and into your work from day one Ooh. right and it says number eight be professional treat it as work respect others and their time and work mm -hmm. so if you are trying to, and this is a big if, and we talked about it also on some episodes when we, talk, when we talked about between kind of hobbyists and people who are trying to make it in this business or to at least achieve some level of something, fame, yeah. uh, I don't know, income, whatever. Uh, first, decide that. If you're a hobbyist, have fun. That's it. Yeah. But if you're trying to get something from stand-up, whatever it is, like reach a certain level, you know, do bigger shows, travel, tour, or, I don't know, reach Netflix, whatever. Like, uh -huh. you know, be professional from day one. Right. That's, I think, my best advice. Like, don't get waste don't get wasted and come to shows don't be mm -hmm. like an hour late don't forget you've been booked to a show don't if you're asked to do 10 don't do 20 if you're asked to do 10 don't do five <laughs> show up a bit early if you can ask if maybe there uh, you can help with something with i don't know arranging chairs with checking yeah. the mic whatever i think this is something and as an organizer i can tell you that it goes a long long way when mm -hmm. someone shows that professional approach and attitude and i don't have to worry like okay yes we put this person as an opener but will he be there did he forget should i call him should i remind him 26 mm. times will he does he know it's 20 or will he do 10 etc etc you yeah. know it's just uh you, you know you're just sending the wrong message i think i mean maybe you're sending the right messages that you don't give a fuck <laughs> but yeah. if that's your attitude then you know don't go for that kind of level or or that kind of you know those shows and, and so on but if mm. you are trying to be serious about it like you know be professional talk to people in a yeah. nice calm polite manner you know when, I'm, when i say professional i don't mean like official you mm. know i don't mean like uh, only send emails with the dear sir or madam would <laughs> you consider booking me for the next spot perhaps you yeah. know like just you don't have to be stuck up you don't have to be official you don't have to be whatever just be your attitude, you know, be respectful, be serious, and uh, be, I would say, responsible. 
All right. Okay. In general, I agree. Uh, I slightly disagree in the sense of, I think it depends, uh, but I think you kind of made the, the exception yourself. Uh, it depends on the style of show and things like that. I remember like when we joined, like, you know, uh, when we started in the beginning sort of stuff, um, like it was very haphazard and, and organized. I think at, at the end of the day, it depends on, I think a comedian, you should know the organization that you're working with. If they're very haphazard, if they're very disorganized, then chances are the comedians are going to be as well. Like, I think that's the sort of, it kind of matches, if you know what I mean. Um, if you are, though, applying for, for a group or you're doing it through a group that's very, um, you know, pedantic with certain details and things like that, then it means that they expect the same from you, like as in you will stick strictly to certain things. I think it depends on the on the clubs, the organizations and things like that. But I believe that you can easily suss out what level they're going to be you know what i mean what, what what's expected of you based on on them you know what i mean i think that's that's a, the the big thing there you should match it yeah but i think in any case you should be able to bring that professionalism i think yeah. when it's not needed don't turn it on whatever like you're going yeah. to some op open mic that's organized by a group of just people who are passionate about stand-up and they don't care about any order or exposure or income yeah. or anything like go have fun whatever you know exactly. but I'm, I'm saying kind of if it's better to have that professional side to you and approach than not to yeah. because if you do decide to take it to the next level and you say like okay i'll go to berlin and do the saturday night cosmic comedy showcase right yeah. which is let's say in europe some kind of prestigious show to do mm -hmm. because you can do it only if the organizers know you, if you can send some good clips, if yeah. you, someone's gonna vouch for you or whatever kind of reason. Like they're not gonna, if they've seen you perform maybe yeah. on their other shows, open mics several times, you're not just gonna kind of roll through the city and be automatically included in such shows. Yeah. You have to, let's say, earn it. Yep. So if you are booked for that show and you don't have that professional side available to turn on on demand, mm -hmm. right? You might do the same as you do always on the shows you do. I don't know, have five beers before you start and like mumble words and stutter and whatever. Yeah. Forget your punchline, bring a huge sheet of paper that lists all your jokes because you can't remember and you've never learned any of them. You <laughs> might be late, you might yeah. be like whatever, you might overstep, they give you 10 minutes, you do 13, which bites into time of another comic and then you're making enemies instead of making friends while you're traveling yeah. and meeting new people so i would say it's better to have that professionalism and if if it's not needed turn it off whatever yeah. then not to have it and when it is needed be without it and be stuck in a situation where you basically don't know how to behave or how to approach some certain situations and while there are many i would say kind of you know just for fun open mics and shows around the world i presume yeah. and even here in moscow again if you're taking it to that next level and if you want to do something anything with it if you want people to pay to see you i think yeah. anytime you're selling a service mm -hmm. you should deliver the product yeah yeah and yeah. if you're do if you're doing that if you're asking someone to pay something doesn't matter if it's one dollar or two thousand dollars ticket for your show if you're asking someone to pay for something you should be professional and responsible about that money that yeah. your the organization or yourself or whatever is earning and you should take it that way you know so i've seen people do a lot of things that you know i just would never consider and if i was that organizer if i was that uh, tour manager whatever whatever i would never work with them again right yeah. because you know i've seen people 
come to a bar to perform and get into an argument with a bartender that works in that bar. Yeah. Like that's a that's a no no. You know, like yeah. why why would you do that? I've seen people. Uh, I've seen an open mic, and this was this is. I mean, this was an accident. Yeah, like the guy didn't know, but uh, there was a Russian open mic. Maybe like Wednesday. No, sorry, it was Saturday. It was Saturday at like. 4 p.m. Right, right. So there are many open mics and high-profile shows here in Moscow, especially uh, on Saturdays. With like, but this was like an open mic in a small craft beer bar. It could fit maybe 20, 25 people at best, mm-hmm. right? And it's Saturday at like five, and I think it might have been during like the World Cup or something because there was like no one in the city. Everyone right. was like somewhere, or it was just summer where everyone in in Moscow goes to their country house or yeah. travels somewhere to the seaside. Or just seaside. goes to the park. They'd, at four o'clock, they'd rather be or, walking or in that, a park. Exactly, not in a basement yeah. uh, bar, whatever. So there were maybe like ten comics mm-hmm. and four audience members. <laughs> like so, it was like something like fifteen something people up yeah. to 20 people but most of them were comics or like you know a girlfriend of a comic or something like this like you know it was all like kind of like a closed yeah. community closed circle right so the first com- the host goes on realizes there is no actual audience to like crowd work work or whatever uh asks the first comic on a uh, second third and one guy just kind of comes from the door and he's let's say fairly well-known and maybe I would say famous. He's not like, you know, top-shelf comic, but he's known in the circuit and, you know, he does like paid shows and big shows and stuff. So he came and he was like, can I do five? And the guy was like, yeah, of course, you're next. Because when that kind of profile of a comedian comes, they always get a spot. Yeah. Right? So he comes, so he's unaware of this mic, of the the room, the setup, anything. He just came from the street and went on stage, right? Yeah. So he goes like, all right, so the first thing I want to talk about is pigs, something, something. Uh, did you notice how we eat pigs, but then some people have them as pets? Whatever, like he's yeah. telling some joke. And then he looks around the room, and there is one guy sitting at the bar on his laptop. Right. Like with his headphones and just doing something, like working or whatever, some like doing something. And he's like, hey, you guy at the bar. And the guy's like, yeah, what? And he's like, did you come here for the show? The guy was like, no, I'm just working. And he was like, of all the places in Moscow, the cafes, Starbucks, whatever, you chose this place to work while there was like a live comedy show going on. And he was like, yeah, so? And the comic was like, well, aren't you an idiot or whatever? Like, we're trying right, to right. Make, people fun- make people laugh here and we're loud and stuff. And you're sitting there doing your little spreadsheets and stuff. And the audience like laughed and so on. And uh, he's like, why did you choose this bar of all the fucking places in Moscow? And the guy goes, because uh, I own this bar. <laughs> Uh, so basically lovely. like he, he picked on an, on the owner of the bar who was kind of in the background seeing how the show is going but also going through some spreadsheets and probably yeah, yeah. like some whatever and he like just kind of picked on him and made fun of him for sitting in his own bar yeah. doing work obviously he didn't know that's the owner of the bar and that can happen to anyone yeah but i'm saying like you know i've also seen the cases uh well you you would remember the show when they were like good close friends of the owner of the bar accidentally at our show like the guy the, the bar owner uh, ah. booked our show and some private party at the same time uh-huh. and then he was like let's merge them together no so, yeah so you know and, <laughs> don't and, do and, that and you were the one picking on, on one of those guys because yeah. he was ab- absolutely being a dick and you know who later was, on came up and said that he loved me and that it was a really great show and that I was awesome yeah I mean which was like I, oh, I literally called you like 
uh, one of those. Uh, you basically, I, I kind of pointed out the fact that he was this gray-haired guy who was trying to shag a twenty-year-old girl. <laughs> Many, but that's that's the thing. Like you know, you kind of earned his respect. Whatever you put him in his place, and then he was kind of okay. I should shake this guy's hand because yeah. he's not afraid to tell me, uh, you know, whatever, put me in my place, etc. But yeah. Uh, yeah, but he was like a good friend and invited <laughs> by the owner of the bar, which oh. again, like you kind of maybe didn't know and stuff. But yeah, yeah. yeah you know, like uh, be kind of aware of such things, especially as an organizer, maybe yeah. rather than a comic. And don't get into any, you know, don't like try to like, uh, I don't know, flirt with, I know a guy also that I worked with who basically try to get in the pants of every female that ever had any contact with our shows doesn't matter in the capacity of i'm an art director of a bar cool what are you doing tomorrow let's go on a date mm -hmm. i'm a waitress in a bar i'm a, an audience member i'm a comedian whatever in whichever capacity uh, it was he was trying to get with them and it really 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 created very negative feedback Mm. Uh, because you know when you you Why, try to he was ugly no <laughs> but because it doesn't matter like you're not at the end of the day it's not going to work like it's not a long-term thing oh, probably yeah, yeah, yeah. right so you work with a new venue uh, i remember there was this new venue and the art director was a girl that came to our shows like a year year and a half ago mm -hmm. she really liked it she came like regularly a few months every friday or whatever then yeah. because of work or something she couldn't she was quite a young girl i don't know 2021 and she became an art director of a place that mm -hmm. really wanted english program yeah so it was a great opportunity it was a really nice place with a stage with a green room they would give us i don't know sunday at seven or eight like a good good spot and then he asked her out they went on like two three dates i don't know what happened but after that it was kind of I was like, so are we going to do shows in that bar again? And he was like, no, 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 no. He, she's not talking to me anymore. Oh, ouch. And that's it. Like, you know, it's always, or, or audience members, you know, like you, there's a group of girls, five girls who keep coming to a show. You fuck one of them. They'll never come again. You know what I mean? Like, it's just awkward to be there again. All right, like, I'll stop. God damn it. Or even like, I mean, yeah. one, okay, don't fuck three of them. You know, like, that's, that's. Limit yourself, man. Think of the big picture. Yeah, so I mean, even as a comic, I think as a comic, it's maybe a little bit more flexible. As yeah. an organizer, definitely don't do that. But even as a comic, as a comic, if you at some point want to organize something, yeah. or if you want even the respect of your peers or something like this, you don't want to be that guy. You well, know, you want to be. The, you don't want to be. The, some the, people do. Some people, you can tell they want to be that. They want to be like I'm the stud. I get all the chicks. You know. But then that's their prerogative. We discussed before of why to get into comedy. We've discussed in the previous episodes where it's like, well, some people do it in the beginning a lot of people do it to meet people of the you know that they're interested in maybe for for relationship or whatever or like you know just to meet people and stuff like that and for some people that is the the primary goal at the beginning for some and later on hopefully it changes and they learn to actually like you know just enjoy the actual art form and all the rest but it is and, and this also ties back to the you know comedians the new rock stars i think some comedians do try to treat it like they're the new rock star like they're the guitarist on in all the right, band but or something in that case at least like don't shit where you eat at least like don't do it with the staff <laughs> and the, the colleagues you know yeah, yeah. like audience members so-called groupies if you're such a rock star or whatever okay yeah. fine but not like the director of the venue not like the the yeah. fellow comedian that you perform with because we had those cases as well and then Ooh. you can't put them in the same show you can't be like this saturday we have i don't know this girl and this guy because they don't want to 
kind of yeah. see each other yeah. you know so you're just limiting your options and you're just becoming that guy that's hard to book because of some baggage that you carry and that links you know. back to a previous episode about dating for comedians uh as well if you're interested yeah yeah all. love love and relationships yes, i think it was yes. yeah uh right so that's i would just say you know have that attitude ready to turn it on when you need it the professionalism you know like the the way you also it's not even just about you know the way people kind of let's say talk about money Mm -hmm. being paid for shows and stuff also i've noticed that some people don't care about it but some people are also very unprofessional about it like for example they would book you for a show but not for a paid show but mm -hmm. never like agree on financial terms or never pay you after that or like pretend it never happened mm -hmm. or vice versa like what comics. show on saturday <laughs> yeah i did 20 minutes Really? I don't remember. Where? He, you here in, Mo in Moscow, you mean? <laughs> yeah. You were, you were, that was you? I thought that was a different Australian guy. <laughs> Wasn't that a kangaroo on stage? What are, <laughs> yeah. you, what are you talking about? No, but I mean, no, I, not, not like that, but kind of, yeah, yeah, you know what? My bank just uh, took some, um, something I was, uh, next month I'll get back to you and I'll see mm. if I can move some money around, blah, blah. Then you have to like, for four months, ask a person to pay you your, I don't know, like 50 bucks Fee, yeah. which is you know it's not that i even like you know i'll starve without it but that's i've earned that money yeah. and, and this kind of stuff so yeah. uh, on the other hand if you're a comic and not immediately after the show someone paid you doesn't matter you won't be paid once you know the mm. money comes in through the system or whatever and also don't be like 20 times right after the show i had this as well people come to me like right after the show and they kind of follow me home until i pay them i'm like man i don't have we had like online ticket sales I don't, it doesn't come straight to my pocket you know that's yeah. not how it works so in terms of yeah like uh, relationships and kind of uh, treating other people in terms of payment, in terms of being there to help if something is needed, being there early to do the mic check, coming sober, coming, you know, like just have that professional approach that you are selling a service, you are providing a service, you're asking money for it. If you are, I mean, if it's a paid show, yeah. uh, make, it, make it worthwhile, make that price, turn that price into value, right? Yeah. All right, number nine. We are we have two to go. We are almost at the end of my list. Number nine says, find what drives you and use it as fuel. Cocaine. Yes. I mean, if that's the thing that drives you. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. The Comedy Kiosk does not sponsor cocaine. Cocaine sponsors us. Other companies, <laughs> other drugs are available. <laughs> yeah, come on, we're not limiting. I mean, speed is also kind of a... It, it can do in a pinch. It can do uh, in a pinch. Wasn't this in the Bible? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sounds yeah. like something. Man, what do you think Moses was on? That dude yeah. was like tripping on cocaine and LSD. Oh, this, this... Oh, Jesus, man. What? Oh, wow. Voice of God. Come this, on. This bush is on fire. <laughs> yeah. like, trippy. Let's go home, Moses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Moses, buddy, come on. Let's go. No, 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 no. Gotta climb the mountain, man. Man, I, I will again. split the river, bro. Go home. You need <laughs> yeah. a nap. Uh, but yeah, no. I'll I try mean, to leap it. <laughs> I will jump the Nile. No, I'll Moses, no. <laughs> yeah. Christ, sake, could someone just get him to bed? Uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, whatever that reason is, whatever your motivation is, whatever kind of, however you can manifest that, manifest that passion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, use that as fuel for your career or whatever progress development whatever you're planning on doing with it yeah. so find that right thing that you know that that pushes you 
Exactly. Uh, so if your thing is to shag every single waitress and fellow comedian, if that drives you to become a great comedian, then do it. Go for it. Shag them all. Shag them all. Well, I mean, even if that is the reason. <laughs> no, but I mean, even if that's if that's your sole motivation to do stand-up professionally, maybe, that in like 10 years, you're banging not only like Moscow waitresses in the basement, but, uh, you know, waitresses of... Uh, O2 Arena or whatever, Apollo or... Or uh, even just Wembley dating St- models. I mean, let's face it, that's that's what Gene Simmons or whatever from Kiss, that was that was his primary motivator at the beginning was just trying to bang chicks. That there was his you whole go. thing. And a man is a global superstar. Yeah. So it works, you know? Yeah. I mean, whatever, whatever it is, if you're... Maybe you're trying to earn money with it. Maybe you want to, you know, just be rich and, and successful. Yeah. Maybe you're just paying off some mortgage that you just got mm-hmm. for a flat in Moscow. Maybe you want to be... Maybe fame. I know like people are, you know, some people just want to be known. Some people want to leave a trace, leave something when they're gone. Legacy. You have your two specials on Netflix and when you're gone, someone's going to be like, oh, this guy died. And, you know, (laughs) like, and maybe maybe two podcasters in Moscow are going to do an episode about that, about all the dead comedians and you'll be in it. Oh my God. No, we already did it. So they're too late. No, but maybe maybe there's going to be a new generation of podcasters in Moscow that are going to include your name when you die. Maybe, oh, maybe they'll do maybe they'll do a podcast about dead podcasters. Oh yeah, and they're gonna talk about us. us yes. Wow. Mindfuck. What <laughs> an in- inception. Yeah, so I mean, if that's your motivation, right? If yeah. that's your goal, I would say whatever it is, like pinpoint it. Yeah. Like pinpoint the motivation. Be honest with it as well. Yeah. Oh, that's that's actually that's maybe yeah. an even more important advice. Be honest with you. Don't be like, yeah, yeah. What I really want is uh, I don't know a full room of people to laugh at my jokes when I actually just want to bang. You know, yes. just then just put on your Tinder. I am a comedian. That's the same as actually being a comedian. If your if your only purpose if your only purpose is finding girls who are into that. Yeah. You know. But yeah, whatever it is, pinpointed because I think going back to that. When you are kind of stuck, when you don't know, is it worth it? When you are tired or you are, I don't know, drained, you have no ideas mm. what to write, what to perform. When it's, you know, when it's just, I don't know, it's a freezing snowy day in Moscow, it's minus 20 and you have to go to a show yeah. and you're like, I don't want to leave my, why did I, why am I doing this? Yeah. You know, have that one thing that you go, oh, because I want to have a Netflix special. And if I don't go today, maybe I don't meet the right person. Maybe I don't practice a new joke and maybe it never happens. Exactly. exactly. So like pinpoint that reason and then yeah. work towards that reason. Okay. So my question is, what is your reason? Oh, I did not know this will backfire <laughs> this quickly. Uh, when I wrote this list, 10 things I've learned, some things I have not learned yet, okay? Yeah, yeah. Not everything. It's 10 things I have learned and maybe should learn at yeah. some point because, I, God damn it, I didn't think of that. I don't have all the answers, David. <laughs> maybe in, I don't know, another year or something, we'll do 10 things Igor understood yeah. in the past year. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would say also, um, and we have discussed, and I, I've mentioned it a few times before, where I, I've said uh, it can change, though. Your motivations can, can change. change. I mean, and it should I, change, I yeah. would say. Yeah, because I, I've, I've known like the comedians who have gotten into it with just, you know, it's just to socialize. It's just not necessarily to bang people or anything as vulgar as that, but just, you know, it's a way of networking. It's a way of, you know, meeting a cool, interesting group of people and and being a little bit of a, like a mini, mini rock star or whatever, you know, just being like, you know, the 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 star of the, the show that night or whatever. And then later on, it's developed and it's gotten, you know, they've gotten more passionate about it and they've gotten a bit more serious. And you can see like their, their attitude changes towards it and they even, start. Even, yeah. uh, I mean, 
it can come from i know uh, a guy who is now a regular comedian on our scene and basically his original motivation was i just want to speak better and be more kind of yeah. confident and free when i'm speaking to people and especially on stage so yeah. learn that like you know public speaking uh skill acquire yeah. that and now he's a really good comedian who's actually very into comedy yeah. not just some uh, uh, as a tool as a platform for public speaking or yeah. whatever so yeah can change maybe it should change because as you grow as you develop you can have different motivation uh but <laughs> it can also go in the opposite direction i'm going to be an international star okay one netflix special all right um i'll be happy if it just gets on youtube uh if i get a gig this saturday i will be on top of the moon all right maybe next week <laughs> Maybe maybe just uh, a short clip uh, recorded on the phone on my Facebook. That will do. Yeah. That will do. I'm still a famous comedian. Yeah. The the last one, big number ten. Okay. I would Ooh. say tie, ties into the previous one. Mm -hmm. And after that, I will ask you the question you've asked me, and I will try to answer your question as well. Right. But let's then merge them together. As right. number ten says, choose your end game and work towards it. Mm, so your ultimate goal. Yes. So why? And again, asking that question, why are you doing this? What are you trying to achieve? And set some kind of, you know, picture, some mm. goal for yourself to reach. And every time you're not sure, should you do that show? Should you leave your home for this? Should you, you know, waste money to travel and perform? Should you do that? Just see, does it fit that goal or not? Yeah. Right? Because for me, again, first like three European tours I've done, I've lost I wouldn't say like a large amount of money, but yeah. I've lost money on it, but it fit the goal. I wanted to, and if I go to Fringe or something, I'll definitely lose money on it first year yeah. and whatever, but it fits like I need that to be yeah. able to at some point maybe publish my hour on YouTube and then at some point later on, maybe be on some, I don't know, I don't think I'll ever have like a solo show on Netflix, but also who knows, I would love to. So my end goal is to push it as far as I can and mm. to see, can I make a career in comedy? Can this be my full-time real job? And can I like earn a living performing and producing comedy shows? It doesn't have to be stand-up necessarily. It can be TV stuff. It can be mm -hmm. some sketches. It can be whatever it is. I just, I just love this life. I love this skill. I think I'm good at it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I can be better at it because I haven't even hit the 10-year mark, which everyone says it's like the, the turning point of your career when you're yeah. like confident enough and let's say experienced enough to to really own it like to be yourself yeah, yeah. so i i i would say that's my both the the fuel uh -huh. and the end game is really turning it into something that is going to become my thing you right. know like when i'll be like 75 and on my dying bed uh, I, I have I have the date as well written down somewhere not in front of me it's in <laughs> on my, this day it's in my google calendar <laughs> yeah um so i will be like yeah and people are like, what, what have you done in your life? I'll be like, comedy. That's what yeah. I've done, right? Not like, I don't know, accounting or whatever, sales or marketing. Or no. banging waitresses. Or banging waitresses or, I don't know, learning how to speak properly mm. on stage. My thing is like, I really, I want to be a comedian. That that, that, that becomes yeah. a thing I do professionally and personally. Mm. So, so find that one thing you're working towards, like picture it, draw it, write it somewhere, whatever, and yeah. work towards that. And to tie into that, your fuel and your end game. What are what are they? That's a tough one, actually. I gotta say, like in the beginning, like I said, motivations change. In the beginning, for me, comedy really helped me um, 
as a cre- as a constructive creative outlet. Like I've, I've always had something constructive on the other side. Like before in my 20s, it was much more geekier. It was, you know, role-playing games and stuff. It was just a way of dealing with, yeah, dealing with just being creative, creating stories. That, that was it uh, with a group of friends. Um, but the, the problem that I had with it is even though it's a lot of fun and even now I still think about it and I think of like stupid games that I could run or whatever, I haven't played a game like that in, in well over 10 I'm years. Sorry, David, 15. are you a LARPer? No, no, I never got into that. I didn't go that far. But I did. Um, but the thing is, that was a way of me getting my acting out. Because the thing is, ever since I was a little kid, I'd actually done some some acting sort of thing. I had done some plays or whatever. And one of the reasons I went to my school was for that reason, because I had a really good art department for acting. But I fucked up and I got into the wrong wrong avenue as such. So I didn't end up doing what I should have done. I didn't realize it. And it wasn't until later on I went, oh, and that would have helped me into a trajectory to go to NIDA, which is the National Institute of Dramatic Arts in Australia, which is where Mel Gibson and a whole bunch of others, big actors went to. I'm not sure, but maybe Nicole Kidman. I know there's quite a few Australian actors, maybe Hugo Weaving studied at NIDA, maybe Kate Blanchett as well. I'm not sure. There's Rachel Griffiths. I'm not sure. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of them that did. But anyway, that was what I was supposed to get into, but I screwed it up. So then I did role-playing games as my creative outlet, but that's very insular and it's not going to take you really much anywhere. And eventually I kind of realized it was consuming a lot of my time and I was screwing up other things just to play a game. Then I got into, uh, and there was a period of depression and things like that. And for a long, long time. And when I discovered comedy, I realized my attitude changed. My life seemed a little brighter. It seemed good, a creative outlet. So for me, it was about getting that acting bug out there uh, in a degree. And, and I think you agree, my, my stand-up is very acting-based sort of stuff, very what? dramatic. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. You're I'm the most cute. stiff, wooden, one-liner, one-liner, deadpan performer <laughs> yeah. if I've ever seen one. Oh, yes, absolutely. And that's all an act. That's how good I am. <laughs> but no, so anyway, that's that's my point there was that that was, um, that was sort of, yeah, i got to admit, com- comedy really helped me get out of my self-made shell that I'd kind of accidentally made for myself, my own little cage. So that was my first impetus to get out. Now, where do I want to go? Where's my future thing? I think it's changed now. To be honest, like I'm married. We want to have a kid and I'm now thinking more practical about career and things like that. I don't know if I can make anything out of comedy. I'd love to. I really would. My my thing would be that. But after the recent competition we had, which we will discuss in future episode. I had one of the guys come up afterwards who loved my bit, my set, and he mentioned, he's like, you would be great in a sitcom with your bubbly and your intense like emotions and very animated self. He's like, oh, I could just picture you in a, in a sitcom. And then he kind of made the joke that he had some career thing, like, you know, he's going to graduate and then he's going to create If money. only he voted for you in the competition. I know, if only he had. But the thing was that uh, he was like, hey, you know, maybe in future I'll, I'll set up some program. And I'm like, I'll keep you in mind. I'm like, you do that. And I'm like, I really do hope you do. <laughs> you know? And I have made a TV series, like a pilot for a TV series. I mean, it didn't go anywhere, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was it was fun. It was interesting. I think acting is something like an end game goal. If I had to choose one through comedy, would be having a sitcom or something like that. But at the same time, I do love being on that stage. That has actually expanded more than I realized. 
being on stage, performing, and then getting off and just that instant gratification with the audience and knowing that you've done a good job or a bad job even. You know, you walk off and you feel it immediately. Like with the acting part, you don't know until after the editing's being done and everything. And then you see it and you're like, oh, oh, right. That didn't quite oh, it's like not it. really- oh, oh, that was really good. I mean, it was interesting. I, I really like both of them. And I wouldn't mind maybe trying. I've been thinking about recently. Maybe I should try to write at least the premise or an idea for a show or something for myself. It's not really either or, you know, yeah. like and yeah. many like the biggest kind of comics yeah. in the world do both. Ricky Gervais is both writer, yes. actor and stand up. Yeah. Seinfeld got his biggest break and like one of the biggest sitcoms yeah. is while he was a comic on a TV show and doing yeah. his bits yeah. during that TV show as well, like with the with the yeah. recordings from him, like doing stand up live yeah. in, in a room and stuff like this. So it's not either or. I think you have and again, it's uh, here being a talented native speaking native English speaking foreigner mm. in Moscow could open some doors yeah. and again we mentioned well, they are our, limited doors there are limited doors but there there's also limited like, limited demand but limited supply yeah. like go to Britain or go to California whatever to be an actor at your age and stuff like you'll never make I mean you know what I mean yeah. like there is just but here you actually might like uh, one of our colleagues and we mentioned him in one of the previous episodes uh, an American guy Nate who moved to Georgia mm. to Tbilisi to Georgia the country and started English comedy there yeah he is also now a main star in one of their sitcoms oh. like Georgian sitcom on, on main Georgian TV channel cool. he plays the the American oh. like he marries into like some family it's a sitcom about some family something yeah. like modern family yeah. but in Georgia so he marries into that family and he's like the American mm -hmm. so you know like they constantly have to translate stuff for him there is some misunderstanding where he doesn't know how to get somewhere this and that you know what I mean like kind of the it's a sitcom yeah. <laughs> but but it's a, I think it's a great opportunity and I'm sure that in like for example, Russia produces many huge budget movies mm -hmm. nowadays. Like they have this, and government supports like mm -hmm. uh, Russian cinematography and so on with huge grants and huge money. And they produce like huge, huge, big budget movies. Uh, and definitely, you know, like how Russians are always the enemies yeah. in like the Western, in Bond, in, in like Hollywood movies and stuff. Maybe you can be some kind of, not necessarily an enemy, but something like, you know, I don't know, a spy in a, in a Russian movie. You don't have to be a bad, like you can be the, the funny sidekick, the funny foreign sidekick who doesn't know what's happening because he can't understand something. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm sure there are so some- basically real life, just basically me in real life yeah, with my just, wife. Except we, you, now yeah. we're replacing my wife with, with just some burly action guy. R and, Russian and actor, that's it, yeah. Russian guy and then that's it it's pretty much yeah him dragging me around and so you would nail it you already yeah. have all the all the experience the resume is there yeah so if anyone has an acting role for david uh please let him know he would love to do yeah. it and that's his end game oh yeah actually. eventually well yeah do, do some of that and I, I would love to be able to just yeah do it as a career like be able to, to do acting and comedy and like you said it doesn't have to be one or the other i know it's a little bit of a dirty thing like uh for some comedians are like oh you're just doing this to be end up becoming an actor sort of stuff um but yeah, to a degree, yeah. Uh, but I don't want to let go of the comedy. Like I, I don't want to be where you they forget. Like you know, I, I know that for example, Robin Williams apparently, like you know, he stopped doing stand up for a long, long time for like 15, 20 years or something like that because he got really into the acting and you know he made some great moves and it was a great career for him. But then when he went back to the 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 stand up and under the the suggestion of Chris Rock, who said like just go back do that because he felt himself empty. And then when he went back, he was like, oh, that's what I've been missing. 
Yeah. I don't want to make that mistake either because I, I do think that doing stand-up is a, a huge element, that, that instant feedback. It's like the difference between, you know, even in acting between theatre and television, you know. It's that feedback, it's that applause, it's that, you know, that, that, that reaction that you get, the energy. And that's just it. It's a palpable energy. It's hard to do that when you're actually in front of a camera. Well, I would say even at that. this point, you're not doing stand-up at that level that mm. is, it takes away from others. You know, like you're not touring mm. and traveling. You're not like every day on stage. You're not driving yeah. for five hours and back to just to perform. You're doing it more kind of uh, casually uh, when it works with your schedule, when it fits, yeah. when you're free on the weekends and stuff. So, I mean, if uh, let's say you would act more professionally and have like acting roles, you wouldn't shoot Saturday evening probably so that you could still go on stage and do your 10 15 so yeah it sounds sounds like a dream to chase oh yes um right so that was the 10th and the final point i've learned and those were all 10 things i have learned i igor monday igor monday's top 10 things i've learned during stand-up in the past seven years if you have anything to add if you disagree with something if you have additional questions or just want to comment something uh, don't forget to write anywhere where you found us basically podbean our main platform any other podcast app or website where you might have heard us or you subscribe to our social media that we also have facebook twitter instagram Instagram. Yeah, yeah exactly so find us there we hope you enjoyed it happy new 2022 this is our first episode of the new year we took a little break during the holidays now we're back with more episodes so keep an eye out for any new episodes we will keep on publishing this year thank you so much for listening i have been igor monday and i've been david munoz and ciao goodbye that was sad that's fucking good goodbye goodbye Goodbye. Ew, no, the, the previous one. Goodbye. Mm. Goodbye. Goodbye. Somewhere in the middle. Goodbye. <laughs>